वेलकम दिस इज कस्टमर ड्रिवन हेल्थ केयर सो कॉल्ड हेल्थ इंश्योरेंस पर्सनलाइज्ड हेल्थ केयर सेगमेंट बाय कंज्यूमर्स डॉक्टर ऑन द बिहाफ ऑफ फॉरमोस्ट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन we have been talking a lot about medita- meditation and we talked about the techniques what is mindful meditation we are, we also talked about um, you know what are the benefits of the meditation and we yesterday we spoke about transcendental meditation today we talk about people with insomnia A lot of people have insomnia. You'll be surprised. This lot of folks have insomnia. They have difficulty falling asleep, for whatever the reason behind it. We are not going to go any further, but meditation definitely helps to sleep. So this is customer-driven healthcare, folks. you need to empower your body this is your asset folks this is your asset you need to take care of your health health is platinum health gives wealth and health you'll be surprised health you can make money on your health yes it empowers you you can save money you can be financially dependent by savings into the health solution so called hsa the concept behind is customer driven healthcare is so called hdhp hsa so the lower your premiums by getting a deductible portion and save money is put aside into the savings which is tax deductible so if you are healthy you're spend you're not spending you're not using your funds from the hsa so called health solutions advantage today let's talk about insomnia and how does the meditation works if you have a trouble falling asleep at night you're not alone about 30 to 50% folks worldwide regularly experience insomnia symptoms from various causes various causes for many sleeping difficulty is related to stress it is related to stress stress can cause anxiety tension making it hard to fall asleep in some cases stress can simply worsen the existing sleep issues existing sleep issues meditation may help meditation may help so that you can sleep better as a relaxation technique it can quieten the mind it can quieten the mind and body while enhancing your inner space your inner space if it done before bedtime meditation may reduce insomnia 
sleep troubles by promoting overall calmness if it's done before bed bedtime. There are different types of meditation for sleep. How to meditate and how to improve your sleep. We'll, we'll look into the benefits and the risks. When you meditate, when you meditate, a variety of physiological changes occur. Variety of physiological changes. These changes initiate sleep by influencing specific processes in your body, in your body. For example, this is from Journal of Internal Medicine in 2015. Researchers have analyzed how mindful meditation affected 40 to 49 adults with moderate sleep issues. These participants were randomly assigned six weeks of meditation or sleep hygiene education. At the end of the study, meditation group experienced fewer insomnia symptoms and less daytime fatigue. So the people who meditated had less fatigue and, and uh, less insomnia. According to the researchers, meditation helps in several ways. Sleep problems often stem from stress, worry, and meditation improves your relaxation response. It also improves the control of your autonomic nervous system. Most of you folks, I'm not sure if you know what is autonomic nervous system. You know, you have nervous system related to voluntary system by muscles and nerves. Autonomic nervous system is controlled by the receptors and chemicals, which you have no control. So it is an involuntary system, which is controlled by your, your mind, your brain, and your overall body. So autonomic nervous system, it modulates the autonomic nervous system. Meditation may also increase melatonin. That's the, that's the thing. Melatonin helps to sleep. So you, people have taken melatonin tablets, but you can as well do meditation. Do it in a natural way. I hope you guys are getting it. So it in increases the melatonin. Medita meditation improve, increases the melatonin. And also it increases the serotonin. It's another chemical which is precursor of melatonin. Serotonin becomes melatonin. So even the serotonin levels are raised, which I'm learning today from you. So serotonin, melatonin, they all go up when you do a mindful meditation and it reduces your heart rate it reduces your heart rate it decreases your blood pressure and also activates part of the brain that control the sleep yes it control the sleep your body experiences similar changes in the early stages of sleep as a result meditation 
can promote sleep by initiating these changes. Initiating these changes. You know, we have talked about how to meditate before. I will, I will rehash how to do it because in people with sleep apnea, it may be different, somewhat slightly different. Meditation is a simple practice that can be done anywhere, anytime. You don't need any special tools and equipment to enjoy your benefits, to enjoy your benefits. Here are the basic steps of meditation. Number one, find a quiet area. Quiet area. Sit or lay down, it doesn't matter. Sit or lay down, depending on what feels more comfortable for you. Lying down is preferably at bedtime. If you're doing for apnea, sleep apnea, the lying down is better. Number two, close your eyes, close your eyes and focus on your breathing. Just focus on your breath. Inhale and exhale, inhale and exhale. Initially, your mind will be wondering what you did whole day and, you know, stress, all those things will be. It's a let, let go of it and you know, let mind wander. But your focus should be on your breath, your breathing, inhalation and exhalation. And number three, if a thought pops up, let go, let go and refocus on your breath. Breathing. That's how, that's called that's called mindful meditation. As you try meditation for sleep, be patient. Be patient. Medita meditation practice is just that a practice. It's just a practice. Focus on your on your breath. It's a practice. Start meditating for three to five minutes before bed. If you can do it for 10, 20 minutes, you might fall asleep. <laughs> but if you can do for 10 to 20 minutes, it helps uh, overall internalization. You can, helps you relax and enjoy the moment when you're thoughtless and when you breath, you know, when you don't, when you are in that phase of trance, enjoy it, enjoy the quietness and stillness and the no more thoughts, no more breathing. Enjoy that moment and you'll fall asleep. Slowly increase the meditation time from five minutes to 10 minutes to 20 minutes. If you can do that, you will have more benefits. Yes, you'll have more ben benefits. What mindful meditation does is focusing on the present. It is increases, it's done by increasing awareness of your consciousness. That's called mindful. Awareness of your consciousness, your breathing and your body. That's called mindful meditation. How do, how do you do mindful meditation? Number one, remove all distractions from your room, including your phone, lie down in a comfortable position. Mindful meditation is remove all the distractions. 
And number two, again, focus on your breathing. Inhale for 10 counts. Hold like one, two, three, four, like that. And exhale for 10 counts. One, two, three, four. Do the, repeat five times. Quietly, you don't have to verbalize. You need to do it quietly. Mentally, just do it quietly. Don't verbalize, don't make any noises. Inhale and tense your body, pause, relax, and exhale. Repeat five times and count the numbers. Notice your breath and your body. If your body part feels tight, consciously relax it. Conscious. This is called mindful. Consciously relax it. And number five, when a thought comes up, when a thought comes up, slowly return your focus to just your breathing. Just your breathing. So we have talked about, this is for insomnia. What is, a lot of people ask me a question, what is guided meditation? What is guided meditation? Guided meditation is when you do it with another person. Another person leads you through each step of the meditation. That's a guided. They may instruct you to deep breath or relax your body in a certain way. They might also have visualized images or sounds. So this is a guided imagery, guided imagery. At bedtime, try listening to a recording of guided meditation. You can find the guided recordings from meditation podcasts, medication, meditation apps. There are meditation apps, folks, and online streaming services like Spotify. And also, you can, you can find it anywhere, anywhere. There's also a thing called body scan meditation. Body scan. Body scan meditation. You focus on each part of your body. While you're focusing on your breathing, from head to toe, you scan. Goal is to increase your awareness of your physical sensations, including tensions and pain. Act of focusing promotes relaxation. Just by focusing and by scanning your body, it helps you to relax. How do you do it? Well, same thing again. Remove all the distractions, number one. Number two, close your eyes and breathe slowly. And number three, focus on your face. Soften your jaws, eyes, and facial muscles. Number four, move your, move to your neck. Focus your attention to your neck, shoulders, relax them. And number five, continue down your body, moving to your arms and fingers. Continue to your stomach, back, hips, legs, and feet. 
Notice how each part feels. Notice. If your mind, number six, if your mind wanders, slowly shift your focus back to your body. If you like, you can repeat in the opposite direction, from feet to your head. So either way, you need to scan. That's called body scan meditation. As I mentioned to you earlier, in closing, in closing, there are benefits of meditation. What are those? Improves your mood. It does improve your mood. It relieves the stress. It does relieve your stress and reduces the anxiety. Reduces the anxiety and improves cognition. It does improve your cognition and reduces your tobacco cravings. Meditation reduces your tobacco cravings and, and also it improves your pain response. It does. And it controls your high blood pressure. It does. And improves your heart health. And reduces inflammation. You know how it reduces inflammation? Because your breathing, your oxygenation always reduces the inflammation. You might ask me, are there any risks from the meditation? In general, meditation is a low-risk practice. It is considered to be safe. If you have a history of mental illness, meditation may worsen or trigger your unwanted side effects. If you have mental illness, it may trigger unwanted side effects, like increasing the anxiety, increased anxiety. Depersonalization is, is one of the side effects. Depersonalization and derealization is one of those things. Derealization and dizziness and intense mood change. These are only the risks, very minor. They are very, it's a, it's a very low risk by doing meditation. It has more benefits than risks. This is how you need to, you need to focus. There are more, even in medications, there are more, the way you take the if there are more benefits, you take it. And few side effects, all medications have some side effects, but benefits outweigh the risks. Folks, thanks for listening. This is consumer driven healthcare folks thank you for listening consumer driven healthcare or personalized health healthcare personalized healthcare if you like this channel subscribe share and hit that bell thank you guys see you in the next segment Bye.
Oh, hi there. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, what I, uh, can I give you the, uh, okay, it's in his spirit, is it okay? 17581 Sultana 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 Street L S U yeah S U L T A N A Sultana Street Hesperia Yes right by Sultana High School Sultana Street Hesperia 92345 Yes Okay, thank you.
Welcome to the consumer-driven healthcare, consumer-driven insurance. This is Consumer's Doctor on consumer-driven healthcare. On the behalf of former foremost organization, we welcome you all regarding the personalized health insurance, so-called we have been talking more on health insurance personalized. So from now on, we'll be calling customer-driven healthcare. Instead of personalized healthcare, it's a customer-driven healthcare. Today's focus is, today's focus is risk segmentation in the customer-driven healthcare folks, risk segmentation. What is, what is risk segmentation? A lot of you folks um, don't understand how the, how the insurance system works. Insurance in general, this is again, insurance is in general is based on a concept of risk pooling. Concept of risk pooling, that is sharing the potential risk potential costs with a large group of similar risks. That's what it is. It's a large group of similar risks. What does similar risks mean? It means grouping people by their health status, by their health status. So what we do, what we'll do is we will categorize them basing on their health status. First, number one is a well category. Well category, most of the Americans belong in the well category. They have no claims, they have low risk, good nutrition, healthy lifestyle, and active lifestyle. So they belong to a well category. Their premiums should be based on well category. And number two, at risk or acute conditions. What are the acute conditions? You know, things like high blood pressure, smoking, overweight. There are at risk conditions because smokers are prone for pneumonia. Smokers and high blood pressure has a prone for strokes. So these are at risk categories. And number three, chronic illness. Chronic and persistent illness. Chronic and persistent illness like asthma, diabetes, heart failure, mental health. They're all recurrent conditions. It's a chronic illness. And number four, catastrophic. Catastrophic. It's like detecting cancer, accidentally finding out cancer. And rare diseases, head trauma burns these are all catastrophic categories so we will talk more in detail how this risk segmentation works sixty three percent of the population i'm talking about sixty three percent of the population majority 
63% of 320 million, imagine, 63% belong to a wealth category. They only create 12% of overall claims out of 63. So 63%, only 12% claims. If you are part of this population, you should have a lower premiums and benefit from your healthy lifestyle, well-being, like others. Others just like you. Twenty percent of the population are at risk, acute, so-called acute, for medical care, acute conditions. Twenty percent of the population. This group generates 25% of the claims. Whenever there's an acute condition, they generate 25%. This group needs programming like you know, smoke cessation, diet support, nutritional education, prenatal care, family planning. So what it does is by giving classes on smoke cessation, it will cut down the incidence of pneumonia. And at the same thing, diet support, it will lower your blood pressure. And nutrition does the same way. So prenatal care will help lower the cost of the delivery. So things, so these are at-risk category. And these 20% these of them generate 25% of the claims. But we can bring it down by being more proactive, by being pro proactive. Coming to the chronically, in, chronically impaired, chronically, chronic impaired category. These are 16% of the population folks. Only 16% have chronic illnesses. We can, we can do better. Even on that 16% we can that can be brought down by focusing attention on this group. Those with chronic and persistent illnesses or diseases need a significant medical care. And this is where we need to focus our attention the most to cut down the cost. This group benefits the most from the medical maintenance and stabilization. Medical maintenance and stabilization. Those with Those with asthma, diabetes, heart disease, mental illness, those are the people with asthma, diabetes, mental illness. We can lower their premiums by following treatment plans and compliance with the doctor's visits. Either telemedicine, tele they can be monitored on telehealth, telemedicine. We can lower the costs and we can lower the premiums. This is the most important group, folks, because majority of the claims are coming from this chronically impaired group. This is where they have almost 60% of the claims. So we can bring them down by focusing attention, being more proactive. Whereas 1% of the population have catastrophic impaired risks. Only one person, folks, one person. This group of health risks deserve every possible help and support. 
this group generates 15% of the claims. If catastrophic impaired health risks were health risks segmented with a separate insurance pool, if they are segmented, this catastrophic group is segmented and from all other groups would benefit with the lower premiums, insurance premiums. This group would be provided proper care, proper care and treatment given the state and federal premium subsidies and offered information support for effective treatments. This 1% of this catastrophic group, which have 15% of the claim, but by focusing on this group, having a premium for this group, we can lower the premium. Yes. The fact is, <laughs> fact is, neither politicians nor insurance industry leaders are discussing a risk segmentation approach. They're not talking about this risk segmentation. Why? Why is it? They don't want to talk about it. That's an interesting question because it upsets the status quo. Because it upsets this. That's where one of our problems, the reason for the rising healthcare costs, because of the status quo. Obamacare is not even focused on that. Obamacare is only focused on you know, one size fits all. Again, the Medicare, that's a different story altogether. But the politicians and the insurers, they don't want to talk about risk segmentation because it upsets the status quo. Some argue it is not politically correct and could stigmatize high risk population. That's what they argue about. It could stigmatize. Can you believe that? Others say it's too much like the system we had before Obamacare. That's what few people say. Politicians seem to prefer a centralized, one-size-fits-all approach. This is how we got Obamacare, a single risk pool with everybody lumped together. When people talk about Obamacare, they're not talking about health. They're not talking about healthcare, folks. This is where I keep saying, when Obamacare talks about healthcare, they're not talking about healthcare. They're talking about control, how to control you so you can keep voting democratic. That's what it is. They want to control the, this on the, uh, using an excuse of Healthcare, they want to control you by one size government control healthcare. So that way we all get trapped into the government control. A risk pool system is where everyone's premium is based on everyone else's health risk. So what is happening is there's no difference based on health maintenance lifestyle or treatment compliance, not even age and gender. This is a beauty. Your risk premium, there's no difference. For, even if you're irrespective of your age and your gender, your premium, 
is broad based, so your premiums are high. It doesn't matter, you're a man or a woman or you're 30s or 18, 20. It doesn't matter, your premium is based on broader risk pool. They're not segmenting, they're not segmenting. So there is no financial health benefit. Being healthy, getting healthy and staying healthy, there is no benefit. Don't, you know, somebody is paying a bill, so why do you want to take it? That's how we got this obesity in the first place. People are mental illness. And there will be more suicides. We are not focusing on this group. Do you think the government will focus on mentally ill people? I give that. I, I'm not sure. So how to open, how do we open our minds to new ideas and innovation solutions? How do we open, open up to new ideas? and innovative solutions. Newt Gingrich and former House Speaker used to say there are two ways to approach a problem. There are two ways to approach a problem. No because, yes if. Yeah, no because, yes if, yes if. The no because people want to protect the status quo and their personal interests. Those are no because. No because mentality inhibits the debate. They don't even debate it. It prevents brainstorming or considering alternatives. Yes, if person takes the same concern and finds a solution. Yes, we can do this. We can do this, and this is where customer-driven healthcare comes in. Customer is the only person who can drive this cost down because of the demand, customer demands affordability, customer demands the lower cost. Customer is the one who demands it, and it can be done, folks, it can be done. Customer-driven care, is the best option we have to lower the cost of this healthcare in this country. Look at the industries like retail and groceries. Look at where they are, compare it to them. Now, healthcare should be in the same boat. It should be customer-driven health premium. It should be customer-driven insurance. It should be customer-driven care. It should be customer-demand care for affordability, transparency, and competition. Look at where the competition is. They're consolidating, they're merging, all the, that. They're driving away the competition. Mergers takes away the competition, drives up the costs, because consumers are not in, in the front line. If the consumers are in the front line, believe me, these consolidations will never happen. Consumers are not in the front line, folks. Consumers have been ignored all this time. Consumers have been totally put in the back burner. Customers have been placed in the back burner. That's what is the problem. If you're an S person, you can gain control, as I was talking about, over your health, over your health insurance needs, and it could be a matter of life or death 
for you and your family member. Yes, it's for you and your family member. Customer driven care focuses on customer. It doesn't focus on anybody else. Neither the insurance, neither the services. The customer demands affordability. Customer demands transparency. Customer demands competition. Like what we have seen. Look at the Amazon, success story of Amazon. I want the same thing to happen in healthcare. We need to have a competition. You know, Congress focuses on, you know, all, uh, all you know, they focus on some of these big, big companies. Oh, they have too much control. But where are they focusing on customer? Where is the customer in all this? They have to protect the Americans. They have to protect their freedom in healthcare. They have to. They're working for Americans and customers need to be driving the healthcare, not the government, not the insurance company, not the providers, none. None whatsoever. It is the Americans who will be driving the healthcare system. Americans will be demanding competition, affordability, and transparency. Thank you for listening. Consumer, customer-driven healthcare, so-called health insurance personalized, hdhphsa.com. This is Consumer's Doctor on the behalf of Foremost Organization. If you like this channel, subscribe, share, and hit that notification button. Salute. See you in the next segment.